0: That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. DTW, report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Theater Podcast, intimate personal conversations with theater's biggest names. This episode is actually very exciting for me. It's a little bit different from the, the normal type of guest we have on the podcast uh, Brett Shuford. He actually is involved on Broadway, his husband is involved on Broadway. Uh, he He's been in five Broadway shows, but to sort of like fill a, a gap between shows and deal with some of the mental anguish that comes that comes with the ups and downs of of being in this business, he actually became a certified life coach and calls himself the Broadway Life coach. and it, it's it's his story was actually really incredible. He became sober after, and had to deal with all that depression that came around, uh, New York city that happened during that time for obvious reasons. And now has just like transformed his life, transformed his career. He got married in 2011 and he and his husband actually have like a, like an Instagram lifestyle account almost, I guess that's what you would call it. They just hit 25,000 followers at, um, at Broadway husbands. And the guy is just, it's just, interesting. It's a very interesting story. I encourage you all to listen to the whole thing just because it's it's different, but it is actually very inspiring. And I think it could help anybody regardless of whether or not you're actively involved uh, in theater or on stage or not. So um, as always, before we get into the episode, please take a moment and leave a rating, leave a review. That helps everything. I read them. It's wonderful visit us at ttp.fm. You can show your support at ttp.fm slash Patreon and contribute a little bit. Help us keep the lights on. And now, everyone, please enjoy this episode with Brett Shuford. He's an actor and theater creator who has appeared in numerous national tours, feature films, and five Broadway shows, including Beauty and the Beast, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, The Little Mermaid, Amazing Grace, and most recently Cirque du Soleil Parabore. He is one half of the duo that makes the widely popular Broadway Husbands Instagram account and is also a certified life coach and career coach. As he puts it, he is helping to create balance on Broadway. Brett Schuford, welcome to the theater podcast. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Did I get that all right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, nailed it. Okay, great, great, great. <laughs> so let's start with, um, I guess, well, I, normally, I, I was going to say, I went into my old routine. I was going to say, normally, let's start with how you grew up. But first, you're a, you're a little bit of an unusual guest uh, to have on the podcast because um, we're focusing on the life coaching and the career coaching. But I feel like it's very relevant to, to the listeners and even to the other guests that I've had on the podcast. So I actually want to kind of start with... With that, and and tell me, I mean, you're an actor, right? Are you a dancer? You're an actor-singer. Are you also a dancer? Yeah. 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 So, Triple Threat, and your husband as well, right? He's primarily a dancer, but yes. Right? Okay. Yeah. And three of you have two very successful Instagram accounts. I mean, so you're, you're Broadway Life Coach. Um, so, what is that? That's at Broadway Life Coach, mm-hmm. and then at Broadway Husbands are two. So, tell me, just... Tell me, like, we're in an elevator together. You have 20 seconds. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, what is this? Wh- what is the life coaching? What is the Broadway aspect?
2: Yeah, well, I, you know, for me, I grew up in a small town in Texas, and I remember I had these visions of what Broadway was and was widely disappointed when I got my first Broadway show and I realized that Broadway was mostly about money. And no one had really pointed that out to me. The the, the for profit aspect was not something I had really um, learned or mastered or understood because I thought it was this. It was this dream. It was this this thing. And, and when that bubble burst, I remember feeling a little disappointed, but then also going, "Why didn't anybody explain this to me? And and why did you know? I think I would have." Uh, not that I would have changed anything, but it would have helped me approach things differently, and maybe not have lessened that disappointment a little bit, so that I could understand how to run a business. No one had really taught me that this was a for-profit business, and um, and once I got that, and once I got that first Broadway show, I thought, okay, well, let's learn how to do this. No one was teaching that even in college. People weren't teaching that. You know, when you Graduate with a BFA in musical theater. You are now an entrepreneur, and you own a freelance company, and you have to learn how to market and manage it, and um, and build relationships and nurture it and grow it. And I thought, wow, once I learned all these different things, and I learned that you can't really brand yourself the way that a lot of business people like say you have to sell a brand. You can't really do that because. Relationships in theater in the theater industry have to be organic and real. Mm-hmm. So it's a tricky balance to understand how to sell yourself without selling yourself, how to build relationships without being pushy. You know, these are all things that I think are really challenging for some of us as artists because we just want to perform, mm-hmm. we just want to do what we love and and see and let people recognize it. And so I eventually was like. Sort of started to figure that out on my own. And then people were coming to me. Hey, how did you get an agent? How did you do that? How did you do this? And I was like, it took me a lot to figure this out. I and I need like income right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why don't I offer this as like a paid service? You know, I would love to help people and I'd love to help shift the way that they approach this business so that they're not all disappointed. You know, I think some people I would get into like I went into a long running Broadway show one time as a replacement, and there's a real you know there was a negative energy from some people who'd been there for ten years who just didn't quite know what to do with themselves now that they'd accomplished this dream and the dream became a job and mm-hmm. so I thought I could help support that by becoming a, a coach and help them find purpose within that. That's longer than twenty seconds, but now I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I tried it's a hard thing to do uh,
1: that's okay i'm I'm processing this. And I've, I've had, I've had other guests. I've talked with plenty of people who have, who have said like they've, they've had mental health issues and they've got anxiety. And like uh, Patty Murin is one of the best Mm -hmm. examples. And we'll talk about it because she's talked about it so publicly that, you know, she still gets anxiety trying to maintain the success that she is now finding and that she has and the pressure of being on stage eight times a week. And, uh, it's it's interesting to me, like, exactly like you said, that people, students, are not taught how to get jobs because that's half this business, you know? Um, I used to perform with people. They could sing circles around me but had no idea how, how to put headshots and resumes together or who to send them to. And it it fascinates me. It absolutely fascinates me. The business side of it, and that's you know, and that's kind of why I started this podcast and why I've gotten in, involved with the the things in this industry that I have. It and because there's so much to do, there's so many jobs that are not being on stage, but then the Broadway people themselves have also said, you know, Broadway's not the end-all-be-all. All. Mm. But what do you I mean? I guess did this come naturally to you? And you said you're a. I mean, it you said you're a certified, a certified life coach and career coach. How do you actually become certified? Is it like
2: you just yeah. say it? No, I,
1: like, <laughs> I'm here now.
2: <laughs> I walked through a waterfall and boom, I'm certified. No, I, um, I actually went through training. There's a company called IPEC. That's um, uh, international professional education uh, for coaches, and I got my certification through that. Um, So I'm certified through the International Coaching Federation, which basically means I follow certain guidelines and certain, um, you know, traditions, not traditions, but certain guidelines that are internationally recognized through that organization Um, you know, there are people who are coaches who are not certified and you don't have to be certified, but I think that there's a certain, I felt for me, I was saying I was a coach and I wanted to legitimize that. And so I went through that certification. Now, you know, it did come easy for me. I mean, it came easy for me because I made a huge decision. Uh, what was interesting for me was I moved to New York, 2001, I graduated college and September 11th happened, which is tomorrow. Crazy. And that was, what was, how many years ago is that now? It's almost 18 years ago. 18. So, you know, I went through, I was living in Midtown. I went through a huge um, transition process at that time of understanding depression, of understanding coping skills. It was a shock to the entire city. And I was living alone, and I had all this optimism of, oh, I'm, I just graduated college, I'm going to make it on Broadway and the world was falling. And I didn't know how to cope. I didn't have the skills myself. And eventually that led to me getting sober. It was a huge part of uh, uh, of my path is getting sober. and um, And through that process, it was really like, once I got sober, it was literally three months after that I booked my first Broadway show. Mm. And I didn't understand why I couldn't get it. But once I realized that there was something about self-care, there was something about making a commitment to take care of myself that opened that doorway up for me, that I realized that other people probably need support and help around that. And it may not just be around addiction. It may be around other things. And so I wanted to help people. I wanted to be of service. I, I have a passion for theater. I've since I was six, this is all I ever wanted to do. So I wanted to help shift the energy within the industry so that people can find fulfillment, whether they're on Broadway or not. I don't think, like you said, Broadway's not the end all be all. I believe that Broadway can be just a stop, a step along the path of a long career, but you have to be in this for the long haul. And when you're in something for the long haul, you need to be prepared and you need to know how to cope and manage yourself. Mm-hmm. So that all was stuff that fell into my, into my path once I made a decision to commit to taking care of myself. And, and so then the coaching kind of fell in from there. Wow. Yeah.
1: And so you said you got sober. Were you actually an alcoholic at that yeah. point? Yeah. Would you consider, really?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was, you know, I had no, and I. You know, it's funny. Is I thought when I got sober, I thought I had to drink in order to make it in the business, because um, that's what people do. That's how they socialize. Let's go to. At the time, it was like let's go to vintage. <laughs> uh, what's the place they go to now? Glass or, House. Glass House. Let's go to Glass House. Glass House. Vintage was the Glass House of my time. Yeah. And um, and like that's the only way people are going to hire me. And and you know. I, and what's funny is that the minute I got sober was when I f- booked my first Broadway show. So it's, it just wasn't true. We've told ourselves a lot of these things. And I think we hear a lot of things. We take in a lot of things. This is something I work on a lot as a coach with people is just because you're taking in information and other people are telling you things doesn't mean it's true for you. And it's okay to own what's true for you because you, you know, I'd rather be nine people's favorite thing than a hundred people's ninth favorite thing. Right. Right. Um, so, I think that, you know, once I got sober, I found my people. I found myself. And, um, but before that, yeah, I mean, I was, <laughs> I, would, I would go on regional theater gigs and come back completely broke because hmm. I spent all my money on booze, you know, because I thought, well, I got to fit in. I got to blend in. And you know, I had no skills, and it wasn't until I made that decision and found a community that, uh, that I started to learn how to do that.
1: long, long purposeful pause here. (laughs) I'm, I'm processing. Yeah. So the, the drinking and and addiction and it's interesting to me as, as someone like, I feel like I have an addictive personality, but not to substances. Mm. And I think that's, what's always drawn me to, to theater and to the stage is the validation so mm. <laughs> you, gave me, you gave me wide eyes on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the validation. I get that. And, and I mean, this has got to be something that you deal with with your clients, right? Just like how do you constantly, how do you deal with the feeling that you're constantly not good
2: enough, which is what I feel? Well, I think that you have to realize you're not alone, that everyone feels that way. We all have that that moment where that was taught to us. And a lot of times what that is, it's a protecting mechanism. It's, it's something that was, you know, early on in our childhood, somebody made fun of us, teased us, said something, or your parents did something, or a teacher did something that you ended up having to tell yourself, well, you know, I have to create this shell for myself in order to protect myself, to say I'm not good enough so that I can drive myself further or to say I'm not good enough so that I justify them treating me this way or, Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Right. And what happens is, is, a lot of times that message, which was taught in an early time when we needed protection, isn't, isn't relevant anymore. So it's, it's sort of just sitting, or they're sitting there trying to protect you at a time where you don't really need it. So what I always say to people is just that voice that's saying I'm not good enough. Not, instead of pretending it, or, or saying it shouldn't be there, acknowledge it. Yeah, like, I hear you mm-hmm. and say, thank you. I know you're trying to protect me right now. And it's because what we end up doing is we try to like ignore it. We try to say, well, I shouldn't be nervous. I'm going to this audition. I shouldn't be nervous. Or they're going to see that I'm not good enough or they're going to, I'm a fraud right? That's a big one for me. Like they're going to see what a fraud I am. Even five Broadway shows later, I don't feel like I've, I'm successful, Mm -hmm. you know, but because what does that feel like? Who knows? Right. (laughs) Um, But when I, when I hear that voice in my head, the thing I do is go, cool, I hear you instead of ignoring it. Thank you so much. I've got this. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're in the driver's seat and you're no longer letting that fear drive you. That is uh, actually something
1: I will try. Try it. Yeah, I will. I will. And, and I think that's just good advice in general of acknowledging, acknowledging th- what's going on in the back of your mind. Because I was, talking, I was talking with Bill Hader once, and he said that he suffers from anxiety. Like He would almost have panic attacks before going out live on SNL every, mm-hmm. every Saturday. And he just has to acknowledge it, say, like, okay, you're there. I get it. And and not try to push it away, but
2: like you said, just work with it. Work with it. Use it. I mean, that's the thing. What happens when you, you know, if you have a scab and you start picking at it? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to bleed. Right? It's going to bleed. So, you know, just say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clean it. I'm going to put a Band-Aid on it. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to acknowledge it instead of trying to ignore it or t- constantly trying to be like, oh, no, go away, go away, go away. It's just going to get worse. Yeah. So you have to, I think that when we, the, the, you know, what we put our energy on grows. So um, that's my belief. I get that. I get that. I I think it's
1: what, what you believe in and the people who have really changed the world, the people who are successful are the, what is it? What's the saying? They're either too stupid or too dumb to realize they can't, or sorry, too stupid or too crazy to realize they can't. Right, And then they end up doing it. Right. (laughs) Like if you told Elon Musk, he can't build a a vacuum tube between LA and San Francisco that he wouldn't have ever tried. I don't know. I'm going off the rails but here, I, I but do you marvel my point. I do. And yeah.
2: there are people in this industry who I marvel at. I don't have, I, I care too much what other people think. And that's like my, you know, sort of my thing. But, you know, I see people who don't care what people think and they just go for it. And it's so impressive. And it's just not something that comes naturally for me. And I know it doesn't come naturally for about, 75% of us. Mm-hmm. So how do you continue to go after what you want when you put that kind of pressure on yourself to be perfect or whatever it is? And that's where I think having support comes in. Support from? Support from a coach, support from friends, support through self-help, support... Like, just knowing that, like, uh, you're not alone. And there are people who are going through the same thing or who have been through it and gotten to the other side. Well, that's that's, I think, part of the beauty of...
1: Theater too is because you can you can immerse yourself in characters and stories that that are that are and aren't necessarily real, right? Mm-hmm. Like Dear Evan Hansen is a fictional story about very real things: mm-hmm. teen suicide, teen depression, that most people are afraid to talk about. Mental health in general, and uh, like The Prom, The Prom touched so many people in so many ways, mm-hmm. and the stage door feedback that all of the actors got. Were, was just like this has changed my life, and like I've never told anyone this, but I'm gay or I'm bi or whatever the case is. Like it empowers them stories. Chemically, we also we are we get addicted to storytelling. Do you mm-hmm. know that? Yeah. So yeah, our I brain releases um, oxytocin when we're when we're into a story. It's one of the you know one of the pleasure chemicals like serotonin and dopamine and uh, oxytocin. Um, our brain releases that when we're hearing a good story. And so chemically, we are drawn to these tales, to these, to the sense of belonging, to, to you know, like I think that's part of why even religion has continued for so long. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and Disney. <laughs> <laughs> nostalgia, yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what chemical <laughs> nostalgia is. Um, it's probably a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I, just rambling now, but I totally agree with you. I totally feel, feel that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, so your, your Broadway life brand, Uh um, you've been building that up for five years now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so what, what is
2: the, what is the life brand? Like (laughs) (laughs) how do you have a brand about Broadway life? Well, I think that one of the big things that comes with a lot of clients is they come to me and they say, okay, Brett, I've, gone to the growing studio and I've gone to this workshop and I've met this casting director and I've sent these headshots off and I got, I went to this photographer and I did the right photographer and I've gone to the EPAs and I've gone to the ECCs and I've done it. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And they're like, what am I missing? And I go, have you gone for a walk in the park? Have you taken a yoga class? Like you've got to be a human being. (laughs) You know, we, we think that we have to do all these things in order to be, um, to get work. But then mm-hmm. what happens when you get that work, you've missed out on all these opportunities to, to live your life. And that stuff comes like you need to fuel your craft by being a human being. And so that's always my first thing I say, have you fed the human, feed the human part of you because no one wants to work with a robot. And you know, the, I, it happened all the time. I would go to these casting director workshops and the casting director would say to everyone in the room, so what are you up to? And everyone would go, well, I had a callback for this and I booked that. And I would go, I just took the most amazing hot yoga class at the studio <laughs> down in Chelsea and the casting director would sit up and perk. Yeah. Because like, oh, you're being a human being with me, right? It's different. It sticks out too. And it sticks out, but it, it just, it makes you something they can relate to. You know, and I think that's so hard for so many of us because we want this to happen so badly, especially when we're starting off. But if we can trust that it's going to happen, and we just Mm trust—like it takes a lot of faith. It takes doesn't mean you don't hustle, but it just means you know that you don't put your life on pause. Because you you're losing out on all these opportunities to meet people and to network and to connect, which is all we want to do. That's what theater is. It's connecting with people, sometimes thousands of people in front of you. But if you can't connect with somebody one on one in a casting director workshop, you're missing an opportunity to do exactly what you were put on this planet to do.
1: Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it, too, is personal connections. I mean, it's it's the energy exchange, right? and mm-hmm. And it's getting to know someone and feeling close to them, which again, is serotonin release. It's mm-hmm. the you know the love chemical. And um, but New York, for eight million people on this tiny little island, it's a very small world. right? And so you go to your hot yoga yoga studio, you go whatever, you know you're going to travel the circles that other people are going to travel in similarly. And if you're consistently seeing them, and you're consistently connecting with them, then you're going to be top of mind first on their list of like, oh, who can I go to? And I noticed that that years ago with Ben Stiller movies. That was the first time I noticed. I was like, why are all the same people in all of Ben Stiller's movies? And I was like, oh, he's actually real friends with all these people. And so when he creates something new, the first people he calls are all the friends that he likes working with and all the people who are real individuals. And you see it I mean, in the interviews now on on my podcast, I'm like, well, how did you get involved with this? And how did you get involved with this? And it's always, well, I met so-and-so here, or I've worked with them here. And and it's when, when you have somebody that you really connect with, that you know can handle a little bit of pressure as a director or a producer or whoever it is, even if you're an actor now writing your own stuff, which a lot of people are doing— Because it's so easy to just pick up a camera, then you call your friends. You call who you love, whether it's romantic love or platonic love. But yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally I'm with
2: you. Well, so that's where this Broadway life came in, is like, it's not just about Broadway. It's about living your life. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be on Broadway to live, I would say this, you don't have to be on Broadway to live the Broadway life. Like, you know, people who are doing eight shows a week are going to yoga. And are going to the chiropractor and are going, you know... Physical therapy. They are human beings yeah. who are trying to get through those shows and do their job. And why can't you connect with them on that level? Why does it have to be just about their work? Because there's a human being behind there too. And I think like kind of what you're saying about Patty, you know, I'm sure some of that pressure comes from people seeing her, you know, at her best... Mm-hmm. Singing her best, but what happens when she's sick or she's not? Out, you know that that's got to be a lot of pressure for her. But what if you? You know, I, you, that's why I love about Patty too is like she loves The Bachelor, so like <laughs> oh, you know does she <laughs> right? Yes, she does. So it's like she was yeah. able to play this other human part of her, and that's like so relatable, and that's why people love mm-hmm. her so much because she's vulnerable and she puts herself out there, and that's the scary <laughs> part for so many oh, of us. Totally is to say like. I really like Star Wars, right? Or whatever it is, like, but that's what makes you human. And, you know, I always say everybody's nerdy about something. Even the sexiest person you know is nerdy about something. So find out what that is and connect with them about that because that's that's what makes us vulnerable is those mm-hmm. things that, that we just are passionate about that don't happen to be what we do for a living yeah i I
1: really agree with that and and this this business, the theater eight times a week business is a job for these people. They love it, and it's you know something of hopefully they still want to do and love doing, but it is a job so if that's all you ever want to talk to them about or all you want to connect to them about, that gets old like they do it eight times a week, they want to go and they want to talk about the bachelor they want to talk about dogs, they want to talk about yoga, whatever it is right so yeah i i I think you know, you go to your you go to your work, you leave work, and
2: and just like everybody else, sometimes you just don't want to talk about work anymore, yeah. well, and I think I think when you're starting off, it's really hard because you for four years, you've been studying theater. And so all you know and all you're thinking about is theater, 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 theater theater, right? But what I always say to a young person is, start, let's start with your roots. Mm-hmm. Where you're from? You know, for me, I'm from Texas. What do I love about Texas? I didn't love much when I got out of there, but I love. I love Tex-Mex. <laughs> I love, you know, there's a lot of stuff, in Whataburger, you know. So <laughs> there you go. Like start with your roots. Start with, yeah. I have a twin brother. Like there you go. Like there's always something there whether or not you think it. Just go back to who you are and where you're from and share that. If a casting director says, tell me about yourself. Well, I have a twin brother. Oh,
0: that's oh, so cool. cool! You know,
2: all of a sudden you've opened this door, as opposed to, well, I sing to a G sharp. You know, it's like <laughs> that's not interesting. Yeah, everybody, everybody,
1: every other person can sing to a G sharp. Yeah. Um. So I, I, I want to bring up too that um something you had told me that that is kind of resonates with you is um your experience of being a gay man in the theater mm-hmm. industry. Is this something that uh. You find is a little bit easier or harder in, in New York, or I mean, obviously compared to Texas, it's a little bit easier, I would suspect.
2: Well, I mean, I I got the hell out of there as fast as I could, so I've been in New York twenty years now. Um, I I you know I daydreamed about moving back to the South because I do like that slow pace and the people are very friendly and the food is real good. But I you know my husband and I just spent the last year in Charleston, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. We just got back. And, you know, for me, we, we did, we, we stood out, you know, we stood out in, in a way because we were used to being affectionate in public and we're, and we're comfortable doing that in New York. Um, and there, you know, we weren't afraid of for our lives or anything, but I do think that there is a stigma, you know, I do think there's a stigma even in New York uh, around, you know, it's, it's definitely getting better, but I've certainly not gotten auditions because I'm openly gay. Really? Um, yeah, I believe that, you know, that huh. no one ever said we're not seeing him because he's not gay and they would never do that. But, you know, I do think that there's, it's definitely improving Then but 20 years ago, for sure. Um, you know, they would say, well, I don't, I'm not convinced. I believe that you would, you would, you know, be, be in love with her.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> like, well, <laughs> why don't you let me audition and try, you know? Um, but there is a stigma to it. I don't but I always, always, always felt that I'd rather be happy with who I am every day than try to hide who I am in order to succeed in this business. It's just not worth it. Um, again, I go back to just, I'm, I'm going to miss out on all the joy of being who I am with the people I love because I'm trying to get a job. That's that's just silly. And there's a lot of young people like me who, who want to know they're not alone. So I've just always sort of unabashedly been open about my sexuality and even with my family who weren't that accepting when I first came out. So it's um, it's something that's important to me to, to be visible and to let people know that you can be straight acting and be gay and you can, you know, because you, know, you can, you know, even though that doesn't really matter. Um, but I do think that, you know, you can be a good actor and be openly gay. I just think that people should know that. And I think, you know, Brian Murphy is proving that with every season of whatever show he's, three (laughs) shows he's working on. I think a lot of people are really proving that to be true now. And it's really nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, And kind
1: of, I guess, about putting it out there, that's a good transition into into, uh, Broadway Husbands, I think. (laughs) Um, So you you were just saying you just hit 25,000 followers on
2: Instagram.
1: (laughs) So for those who don't know, what is Broadway Husbands?
2: So my husband and I, Stephen, he was primarily ballet dancer with New York City Ballet when we met in 2006. And um, we've been together since Little Mermaid, I was in Little Mermaid, and then he did Billy Elliot, and he uh, went from Billy Elliot and did On the Town, he was in American in Paris, he did Hello Dolly with Bette Midler, really amazing ballet dancer, but we got married in 2011. And when I was creating content on my channel, I was constantly, I had one series I did called Broadway Husbands, where we would get together with other Broadway couples and play fun games. Like we had Kara you know, Lindsay on there and we had different couples and that content was more popular than anything else I made. So I was like, Oh, well maybe I should just make a separate channel for Broadway husbands. And I, we did it last year and in a year we had 25,000 followers. And I think people just were interested in seeing, you know, a visible LGBT couple. We're, we're on the, pro, in the process of starting a family and managing in unsteadiness of finances in this business and, Being entrepreneurs and, um, you know, all those things, I think it really is a a unique story that we're telling, which is just our lives. But it's a unique point of view, especially when we were in Charleston and exploring the South and how we were going (laughs) to make a living there, which now we're back in New York. So I think that (laughs) explains that. But I thought it would be, you know, there's a lot of elements to surviving in New York City as a gay couple in the arts. I wanted to create visibility for gay marriage and for supporting the arts. And there's a lot of influencers in the social media space who do um, you know fashion and food and uh, and that's great. But we like we don't own a gucci belt. like and I <laughs> I can't afford a Gucci belt, and that's just not our lives. And I think that that's not that's true for a lot of people. and I want to help them see that you can have a happy marriage and you can start a family. And you can do what you love, and still be a gay couple. Yeah, yeah.
1: And the pictures—I I know people ask this all the time. Most likely, They're, they look—you look like you have a, photo- a professional photographer following you around, or sitting there by your bedside as you you both wake up, and you're like, "Ah, good morning, love." <laughs> snap, 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 snap. <laughs> like what? Can you let me
2: in on a little bit of the sausage making? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I've just learned this through other people, but you know, when we started, you know, basically when I first started last year, some I somebody else was doing it and had all these followers. I'm like, how are you doing that? And they were like, a tripod. So I went on Amazon and I bought this remote control tripod. And so every now and then, I'm like, Let's take some photos today. It's like, sure, because <laughs> we're sitting around unemployed, whatever. And um, and so we have a tripod, and then some photographers have do approach us. And so photographers will say, Hey, we'd love to shoot you. Like some wedding photographers, they're like, I don't have enough gay couples in my portfolio. I'd love to shoot you guys. So people have come to us to do that. But that's really the key to Instagram. I learned is quality photos. And a tripod. And a tripod, which is not that expensive. Um, but it's it's become a fun creative outlet, and we've met some really cool people because of it. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: that's actually really, really cool. So, in addition to everything that you've just mentioned, you've got all these <laughs> online Instagram, social media influencer, all this stuff. Yeah, uh, you've got an apparel line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> BroadwayLifeApparel.com. Yeah. Which is like all inspirational. Yeah. your Broadway-related phrases. Totally, yeah.
2: And funny, witty things. Like, I was backstage at Paramore. Paramore was this Cirque du Soleil show that I did on Broadway. It was the mm-hmm. last Broadway show I did. And, and it was such a crazy experience that um, just working with Cirque was such a weird thing. It's like, I'm going to have to write a book about it one day, I think, because um, it was epic. But I was backstage, and I was like, huh, I had this idea. I was like... Steven was doing Hello Dolly. Put on your Sunday, like ice cream Sunday clothes. <laughs> I said, like, that'd be a cute t-shirt. And then I like went on my computer and like created this graphic and I made a shirt. And then I was like, this is a cute idea. What if I came up with witty Broadway themed t-shirts? And then I, you know, just me, I'm very impulsive. I'm like, I'm just gonna go with it. And so I started doing that and started selling these t-shirts. And um, and every season, I try to come up with new ones for whatever's uh, coming out for the new season. So it's, it's been a fun little creative well, that, outlet. That is, yeah, that's that's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh,
1: okay, so cool. I think that I think that covers all of your all of your outlets. you got you're doing so much, and I'm I'm so impressed. It's silly. So if people want to get in contact with you, what's the in contact with you? What's the best way?
2: So com is my website uh, for everything. But if you're interested, if any of your um, listeners are interested in Broadway Life Coach stuff, I offer a free five-day Balance on Broadway challenge. It's totally free. Just go to balanceonbroadway.com, and you register on there, and you'll get an email um, to join the challenge. All right. So we'll end this episode
1: here with the three standard questions that I ask everybody to wrap up the episodes. The first one, very simply, what motivates you?
2: Oh, what motivates me? Hmm. I'm motivated to help others be the best they can be. I always feel like every day is a chance to be better than you were the day before. All right. And then uh, second question is, what advice
1: would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path?
2: It's all happening. Just trust that it's happening. You don't have to try to force it to happen. Just trust that you are on your path, and each day that you take one step towards you want is a successful day. All
1: right, and then the last question, hardest question. If you could only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you
2: want, what would you see? (laughs) Oh, geez, one show for the rest of my life. That would be so sad. Uh... I feel like that would be Sweeney Todd. Wow. That's is—it's a lot of votes for Sweeney Todd, actually. Sweeney Todd, because every time I listen to it, I hear something new.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we can get more of you, of course, on Instagram, at Brett Shuford. At Broadway Life Coach and at Broadway Husbands, of course, on Facebook.com slash Brett.shuford, on Twitter slash Brett Shuford, and then you mentioned balanceonbroadway.com and your website brett <laughs> Get more of me at the theaterpodcast.com. Please show some support. Help us keep the lights on at theaterpodcast.com. Sorry, the theaterpodcast.com slash Patreon. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast, Facebook com slash official theater podcast. Please leave a rating and a review in whatever app you're listening in right now. This is edited by Matthew Hendershot. And thank you to Jukebox the Ghost for the intro and outro music. And then of course Brett, big thanks to you for being here. Thanks so much. All right. That's my that's my I feel like uh uh Whatchamacallit? Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right. All right, all right. All right, Take deep breath, make the world a little colorful. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway
0: Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to
1: connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals
0: from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 18 plus.